No spillage this week. What's up, everybody? Welcome into episode 259 of Living Off the Land. I'm Dan, here with my co-host, Stephen. Stephen, it's Wednesday night. And you know what that means. It's LOTL time, baby. We've got a great show for you tonight. We're just fresh out of Memorial Day, and I'm pumped because... Have you seen the weather lately? I mean, we haven't even well, you were like, talking seen about a it cloud today. for like a week now. What was What was your comment about the weather today? Uh, okay, so my comment was, it was like Southern California today. And what I mean by that is it was like 85 degrees, and the humidity was like 30%. It was Nil. like it was so super low to the point where if you were at anything, if you were outside at that time, you would actually, if you could feel the breeze, you would actually feel somewhat refreshed by the wind at 85 degrees. It actually felt a little bit chilly. Hmm. I've never felt that before, hardly ever, here. Because the, the air is usually heavier, humid, you know, once you get to this time of year, and particularly once you get more toward July and August. So, yeah. I, you know, this is probably starting to annoy the farmers a little bit because they're starting to get a little worried because we're starting to head into drought. Like, the grass is just actually starting to turn a little bit yellow in some spots, which mm -hmm. it's only May 31st. I've never seen that happen in May before. But be no, but I mean, when was the last time we got rain? Uh, I mean, we had like three straight days of rain at the beginning of this month, and but it's been very sporadic and not. I don't think we've gotten hardly any of it in the last ten days. Yeah. So in the last week, it's it's actually starting started to get a little bit warm. Like we've been in the eighties. We're effectively in summer weather now too. So <coughs> yeah, but you know what? We'll just focus on the positive. You know, it's well enjoy it while you can because uh, uh, you know it's Cleveland. Uh, and uh, technically, uh, we are recording this on May 31st, and it could still snow. I'm just kidding. It's not going to snow. <laughs> our our freshman year in high school, it did snow on the 20th of May. Yeah. That's the latest I've ever seen, although a few years after that, two thousand well, actually not that long ago, 2016, it actually snowed on May 15th. So it's not unusual. Mother's the Ides Day, of May. Mother's Day, it, it snowed two straight years, 2020 and 2021. So. All right. Enough, enough of that anyway. snow nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, and I think tomorrow is supposed to be much of the same uh, as far as like the weather goes. Seven days almost. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, uh, this weekend and then into next week, it, it, it's going to cool down a little bit. I mean, it's not going to be in the 80s. We got a couple days where it's going to be in the 60s and the low 70s. But um, oh well, no rain until currently. It says no rain until June 10th. <laughs> Another ten days. That, of no you know, rain. you might as well throw a dartboard if you're trying to forecast that far away. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but anyway, that's enough about the weather. Uh, people didn't listen to this podcast to hear us talk about the weather. About oh. how amazing it is here in Cleveland. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Gorgeous weather. Gorgeous, I say. Anyway, I did crack open a can at the beginning of this episode, so I might as well talk about it. Uh, Beer of the week this week is a podcast favorite. We've had it. I feel like I'm saying this every week because you know you do 260 episodes of these things you pretty much are going to try all of the staples in in the uh, in the area. So maybe I need to go start uh trying some of the uh <clears throat> some of the uh lesser known uh beers from uh 
from our staple breweries. But anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. Today, I've got a, a personal, one of my personal favorites, uh, from Great Lakes Brewing Company, the OG of the brewery scene in Cleveland. Uh, it's their Haze Craft Hazy IPA. Blast into orbit through a hazy galaxy of otherworldly tropical fruit aromas. Haze Craft IPA is a juicy, tropical, and hazy IPA. 6.7% alcohol by volume. 40 ABVs. And uh, I just, I love the, uh, I love the, I love the can. It's pretty cool. It's out of this world, as some would say. Hmm. Yes, indeed. Uh, it's almost like a duck-billed platypus-shaped rocket thing. <laughs> yeah, right. It's uh, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting, especially for uh, for Great Lakes. Great Lakes, uh, in recent years, has gotten a little bit more uh, uh, creative in their in their artwork, but uh, it uh, gets an 86 score on Beer Advocate. Does Hayescraft IPA. And uh, some some just uh, notes about the beer on Beer Advocate. Perhaps inspired by Ohio's surprisingly deep roster of trailblazing astronauts, our brewers launched Hayescraft IPA on our two-barrel pilot system. Their bold quest for an inf- infinitely ha- infinitely tasty hazy IPA led them to discover the perfect vibrant constellation of Simcoe, Azica, and Lemon Drop hops. That's one giant leap for your palate. <laughs> uh, don't quit your day job. Anyway, uh, it gets an average rating three uh, at three point eight two uh, by reviewers on Beer Advocate. I really like this. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this uh, a seven point eight. Seven point eight is my rating for Hazecraft. Love Hazecraft. If you love haze, hazy IPAs. You're going to absolutely love it. It's great. Um, great for this time of year, summertime. It's a great grilling beer, great outside beer. Um, but we're I'm enjoying it in a recording studio, so uh, it's great for there, too. So Hayescraft IPA is this week's Beer of the Week. All righty, then. So, as we mentioned earlier, we're just <coughs> past Memorial Day weekend, and I couldn't help but notice, you know, as I was doing things Memorial Day weekend, uh, at one point, I drove past Edgewater Park mm. on, I think it was Monday. Sure, and, that was packed. This and I'll tell you what, yeah, it, the place was completely closed down. You could not get in if you were not there super early. Um, and that's usually what happens. Like when they judge that there's no more parking, it's like, okay, nope, can't come in. You know, we talk so much about access to Lake Erie and how little of it we actually have mm-hmm. in Cleveland. And... That might be about to change, possibly. Okay. So there is a, historically speaking, there is a park of similar size to Edgewater that's on the east side, north of the St. Clair Superior and Glenville neighborhoods called Gordon Park. But you hardly ever hear it called by that name anymore because back in 1958, Interstate 90 was built, and it was built literally right through the middle of it. This is the stretch where you come past MLK Boulevard and then go past East 72nd. And that takes that quick hairpin turn to the left if you're going westbound toward the city. And it goes by what used to be the First Energy Lakeshore Power Station, which is no longer there. They knocked it down. 
Um, and incidentally, that's why the highway was routed the way it was, because it was easy to put it through parkland instead of through a neighborhood over there. And they had to put razor thin close to Lake Erie because of the power station being there. Mm-hmm. This particular stretch of the highway actually would be closed for four days back in 2012 because of the remnants of Hurricane Sandy actually sent upwards of 20-foot waves over I-90 uh, for a day and a half stretch, mm-hmm. and uh, some repairs had to be made to the brake wall there. <coughs> so people, uh, civil authorities are actually a little bit concerned that this phenomenon could happen more times in the future as lake water tends to, uh, the lake water level has tended to rise in recent years, uh, and you've been able to see some lake erosion in some areas, particularly around Edgewater and some other parts of the city. But anyway, back to the original point. Gordon Park, this area now, what they are planning on doing, there is a $250,000 grant that was recently awarded to the Cleveland Metro Parks by the the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Mm. This was to fund a study and to fund um, some repairs in that area. But it's become bigger than that now. The Cuyahoga County Soil and Water and the Northeast Ohio Regional Story District and other organizations have all come to the conclusion that they can actually, and, and ODOT is now on board too, uh, the Ohio Department of Transportation, it's in the works that they want to reroute I-90. Oh, wow. To the s- about three-quarters of a mile to the south. So instead of, like, you go past Rockefeller Park at the top of I, uh, where MLK Boulevard is, and instead of turning up toward the lake there, it would basically go straight across and go and go to the south yeah, a little ways and then come back up to the north near East 55th Street. Interesting. And that obviously would be a very big project, but what that would do is it would basically create, and, and while that's going on, the Cleveland Metro Parks, and the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District would be working to reshape the land in the area and more or less more or less create a beachhead next to the current parkland near the East 55th uh, Boat Marina and the what's left of Gordon Park just north of East 72nd Street and 990. Ladies and gentlemen, if this all happens, and th- it would take, even if this was approved tomorrow, it would probably still take about four or five years to do. But if this were to all happen, by 2027... We could be looking at an eastern Edgewater Park. Gordon Park would be basically another area just like on the level of Edgewater. It would be adjudicated by the Cleveland Metro Parks just like Edgewater is. Wow. And, oh, my goodness, this would be so humongous. So that would be, be like over in the Bratnall area? Yes, just off of Bratnall, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Bratnall would be just to the, to the east of there. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, you could literally really just cool. walk or bike or, or drive right down from Brown. It'd be less than a mile. Yeah. So probably inflate the uh, home prices in that area even further. You probably don't need it, but <laughs> yeah, right. still. I was going to say, like, <laughs> like that's needed. It's the, the new millionaire's row in, in Cleveland, obviously. But, uh, yeah, so I, I think this is a story that definitely bears watching. This could end up having not just an impact on downtown, on Edgewater, and on Bratnall, but this ultimately could be a big boon to St. Clair Superior, Glenville, and maybe even Asia Town too. You know, some of these close-in neighborhoods on the northeast side, which, as I detailed last week when we were going over population, crime, and other statistics, the northeast side of Cleveland is struggling, struggling terribly. I mean, we're talking about 20, 25% of population being lost over a period of the last 10 years. So 
you put that there and you put a huge infrastructure project like that. I mean, we've talked a little bit about Opportunity Corridor and what that's doing uh, to some of the neighborhoods on the southeast side, particularly Fairfax neighborhood, just south of the Cleveland Clinic main campus. Um, this would be even bigger than that, in my opinion. Yeah. And it could be a real game changer for the northeast side of Cleveland. So I'm really, really hoping that this ends up getting the go-ahead and that the folks in Columbus ultimately end up uh, putting the same backing behind this that some of these organizations in Cleveland are already doing. So that's kind of what I, I wanted to talk about here. But I, I, there was one other story I did want to bring up. This this is actually uh, – Evidently, there is a treehouse controversy in North Royalton. And this has to do with a family who they built a treehouse in their yard in North Royalton. And this all happened. This actually happened late in 2020. It was done for their son because um, his grandparents ended up passing earlier that year. And they did this way. It was during COVID time. And they were like, okay, what's some way that we can, you know, pick up our son's spirits? Well, they, so they built a treehouse in the in the backyard and apparently they had conversations with the city about is this okay is this okay and yada 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 and apparently it was all deemed to be fine initially until it was about 80 percent complete and apparently a neighborhood a neighbor complained about it and now it's to the point where it's become such a problem that the dad has basically been served with a third and fourth degree misdemeanor and now it's being it went through, through North Royalton and now it's in the Parma Municipal Court and oh it's God. becoming yeah evidently whoever complained about it there are evidently building tree houses in North Royalton and other suburbs is not illegal now there are certain ordinances and certain you know rules that have to be followed evidently yeah. one of the problems they had was that there's an ordinance that says you can't have more than one exterior structure on your property. And they also had a shed. So apparently that was a problem. Um, so oh they God. said, okay, should we just get rid of our shed? And apparently <coughs> the city has not really said anything about it because they're like, well, there's a legal case. We can't comment about it. It's just a whole bunch of, um, bureaucratic How red about you tape. just let people do what they want to do on their property. It, right. Like, why, why does Building get... a treehouse is illegal because it's a, a second exterior structure? What the hell is that? Like, can you imagine this? There would be the kids on Cocomelon because they have a treehouse. I mean, for God's <laughs> sakes, talk about, like, talk about, like, uh, you know, people not being able to stay out of other people's business and uh, and the government just doing, st like, having stupid-ass rules. Evidently... Like, is this an HOA thing or no? No, it isn't by the sound of it. But then that was that was an interesting thought because an HOA would almost certainly not allow this. Yeah, I mean that would be that would be different. I mean yeah. you you go into it up front knowing that sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, Effie Stavrow, who is the the mom in this situation, she said that this is all this all started from one neighbor complaining, and then he gathered all of his friends. You know we're not criminals, and you know what that's what we feel like. They made us feel like that. End quote. But I, like, Sad. like what precipitated the. The com like the complaint. Evidently, the complaint came because this person just didn't didn't want to see the treehouse there. Oh, for God's yeah, sake! Did, Get over I mean, the story says the Stavros were issued a stop construction order when the treehouse was eighty percent complete after a neighbor complained to the city about having to see the treehouse from his yard. Oh my God! Get over yourself! 
Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> this, a kid this... a kid can't have a treehouse because you don't want to look at it. Get the get the Oh, I almost dropped an F bomb. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. So bunch of losers. Get man. it together, North Royalton. Bunch of losers. Anyway, that's your double feature on Better Know a Neighborhood this week. Hey, we'll wham we'll wham it with both hands on that one. That's a two handed wham. Wham with two hands. That's right. Uh so yeah. Anyway, uh, let's get a little bit positive here. Hey, let's talk about the week that was the Guardians. Specifically, let's talk about today. The Guardians scored runs. Wait, 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 time out. Hold on a second. The Guardians scored runs, and we're talking about the week that was, and it's positive. Well, some of it. Runs, (laughs) plural. And the Guardians won a series. When was the last time they won a series? I mean, you got to be going back like almost a month. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the first time they've done this all month, they won a series. The Guardians win today, twelve to eight. I guess. I guess the one concerning thing is in this series, they're scoring run. It's like they're doing the opposite of what they've been doing. They're they're scoring runs, but they're also giving up runs. Not pitching. Um, Shane Bieber got slacked today, but it was to it didn't really matter because the Guardians banged out seventeen hits, including. Uh, one, two, three, three home runs. Can't remember the last time the Guardians hit two home runs. I think you said last week this was what the doctor ordered for the Guardians. They just needed to have a game where they put up double-digit <coughs> runs and had about four home runs. Yeah, or you, you know they're getting shut out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so just to go through this series, the Guardians uh, opened up in, in Baltimore winning 5 nothing on Monday. On Memorial Day, uh, they lost eight to five yesterday, and then they won twelve to eight today. So, three straight games of scoring five or more runs—that's progress for Definitely. sure. Seventeen hits today. Everybody and everybody got in on the act. It seems. Let me see here. Open up the box score. If you go back a little further <laughs> through this week, the Guardians started the week playing against St. Louis over the Memorial Day weekend, and. They won the first game 4-3, lost the second game 2-1, and then turned around and won the third game 4-3. So you had three close nip-and-tuck encounters against So that's you know, two straight series wins. League. Yeah, it wow. is. Wow, how about yeah. that? Yeah, 4-2 and two this week. How you know, about it? That's probably their best week all year. 25-30 on the season, only three games out of first. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> and oh, by the way. The Guardians go to play Minnesota next, so they could you know, actually be in funny. first place if they sweep the series. There's a uh, there's a barstool shirt uh, in guard uh, in the barstool store that uh, has Guardians colors that says "Thank God the Central sucks." <laughs> I kind of want to buy it, but I don't know. Truth. Yeah. So, Guardians doing well. Hitting seems to be coming around. Uh, we'll see if that stays. It you know, interestingly enough. The weather gets warm. They start hitting. Interesting how that works. Hmm. Now, that's not really an excuse because it was cold because other teams are hitting in cold climates uh, this year and have been. But, I, it, you know, it just seems like this team and, – and it 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 seems like it's been worse this year. But you just go back and, uh, uh, you know, this is what – Terry Francona teams do. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah. hopefully we're, we're back on that trend, but it was interesting. Somebody put out a tweet and they put in, put the different months of the baseball season, April through Oct- uh, October. And it was like, <laughs> it was like April. Yay. Baseball is back. Uh, uh, May uh, fire Tito and send everybody down <laughs> June. Oh, okay. July. Hey, we might have something here. August. Uh, oh, what, what did August say? Oh, August was like, we're back, baby. I'm feeling 22. Yeah. No. Yeah, okay. Easy there, you swifty. <laughs> and then it just goes on. Like, September's like, like holy crap, we're actually really good. And then October's like, because uh, oh. the last, last like, we, half decade, the Guardians we, have stunk in the playoffs. We finally had to play somebody outside the AL Central, and now we lost. Yeah, pretty much, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, how about it? What do you think? Good I week. Mean, I mean, it's a good week. I think it's it's a little presumptuous to say that you know everything's cool again. Oh, of but, course. But the bottom line is, is that all you got to do is stay within striking distance of five hundred in first place. Yep. And you got to figure if they're in again. We talk about trade deadline. You know, two months from now, July thirty first. Yeah, they're anywhere within range of first place. They're they're gonna either sit pat or make a few little small moves probably. And the team will probably do better in August and September like they do all the time. And, you know, yep. we'll be in the playoffs. Be, so, around, be, 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 fi- just, be 500 or maybe a little bit better by the trade deadline and then step on the gas in August, September. They just can't, between now and Independence Day, they just can't go on a big losing streak. Yeah. That's, that would change just, yeah, just, the just whole kinda, trajectory yeah, of everything. But, tread water in June. Yep. And then, you know, July – like you said, after after Independence Day, uh, start uh, start revving up a little bit, and then you know, like the team has seems to have done in the last couple of years, August September, just hit the gas. It's weird to think of a sport with such a long season. I mean, that's exactly it, though. You have so many games; it's such a long season. I mean, you can just yeah. I don't want to say they can just lollygag through two thirds of it, but you almost can, given how poor the other teams in the division are. So. You know, I mean, you're probably not going to win a World Series this way, but no, you know, we're still a long way away from that. But you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Well, the good the good thing is, I, I think uh, I think Savali's back off the off the injured list. Uh, I think Tristan McKenzie is going to be coming off the injured list within a week, so that's good. Getting two fifths uh, of your starting pitching staff back is a big deal, right? And with them getting injured, you've been able to bring up guys who. Uh, that the organization is excited about in Tanner Bybee and Logan Allen, and they've been pretty freaking good. So, you know, I mean, right now, if it stays healthy, your your starting lineup probably the rest of the year is Bieber, McKenzie, Bybee, Logan Allen, and Aaron Savali. I mean, that that seems pretty good to me. They've got to get the, the, the bullpen has been hit or miss this year. And look no further than our closer, who leads the league in saves and leads the league in blown saves. So it's feast or famine with Class A right now. And then Karen, oh, God. That's pretty amazing that you can lead the league in saves and blown saves. That means you're getting way more chances than anyone else. Pretty much. Yeah. You know? But it all, what it also shows is that you're playing a lot of close games, and you're probably not hitting the ball very well because if you if you were, you're going to see more lopsided scores. The Guardians are in safe situations. Yeah. I mean, the Guardians are are in one run games all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how they play. 
I do think that that's a positive, though. Once you yeah, get down to probably. money time in September and October, if you're used to playing one-run games all the time, that I think that mentality does help a team. Because when, sure. when you get into close games, when it's really on the line. Yeah, I don't disagree you know. with you there. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Who do we? Who do the Guardians have coming up this next week? Twins, four games. So if they sweep that series, they could be in first place. The Twinks, huh? <laughs> that's unless hilarious. The, unless the Tigers, you know, sweep on the long side. I mean, technically we're in third place right now, but is anybody taking the Tigers seriously? I'm not. No. <laughs> God, no. Even though for some ridiculous reason it seems like we can't beat them right now, which is bizarre. After that is the Red Sox, and then, oh, boy, after that we get the Astros. The Astros. Yeah, get your trash cans out mm. ready. Bring them to the ball yard. Um, yeah, so interesting time coming up. Uh, hopefully they can get on a little run here. I mean, another week of 4-2, and two, and, you know, like you said, they might be one or, like, you know, like one game out. They go four and two again. Yeah. Um, so you win two out of th- is the twin series at home or on the on the road? That is on uh, that is in Minneapolis. They have four games starting tomorrow and going. We actually have Sunday. we actually have a pretty good track record at Target Field over the last we uh, do the last three or four years. So uh, they go up there and they win a series, take two or three out of, uh, against the Twins, and uh, you know that would be six out of nine uh, in the last nine games. Excellent. And I would be. That's an important series, not just in terms of the divisional situation, but like we said, schedule gets harder after that. Where you gotta play Boston, you gotta play Houston. <coughs> after that, they go to they go out west. They go to San Diego and they go to Arizona. I don't know if either one of those teams is doing well, but San Diego was in the World Series a year ago. So true. Or no. National League Championship Series. Yeah, NLCS. So Philly, Philly made the. So yeah. Because just like every other sport, Philly got to the championship round and lost, lost. last year. And actually, the Padres are struggling a little bit. They have an identical record as the Guardians right now, 25 and 30. Yeah, so, and they have like four times the payroll. Oddly, the Diamondbacks are 32 and 23. They're doing much better this the year. The D-backs, not to be confused with D-bags. They're only a game behind the Dodgers for first place. Yeah. So, well, Chase, anyway. Chase Field is awesome, by the way. What other, what other stadium has a pool in the facility? Uh, uh, the Jags. Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no other one football. baseball, but yeah. yeah, football. The Jags have that long ass pool. Um it just doesn't even make sense unless you can <clears throat> kick field goals into it, maybe. <laughs> True. Or you could have people spend a buttload of money that don't don't care about watching the football game. They just want to be seen at the football There's game. There's a lot of people in Jacksonville. Yeah, a lot of people in Florida. Mm-hmm. All the warm weather. So um you would think you would think Miami would do something with a pool or something, the Dolphins. A lot of a lot of people in Miami that don't give a crap about the sports teams, but love love to be seen at the sporting events. You know, oddly enough, you're probably going to disagree with me, but I actually think the Dolphins fan base is actually like better and more rabid than the other two in Florida, Tampa, and Jacksonville. I feel like that's more of your wine and cheese, just want to be seen crowd. I do think there is yeah. a little bit of a diehard. Uh, populous in my in South Florida, but, yeah. I mean, they definitely have the longer term history. Uh, I, obviously, Tampa Tampa's won two Super Bowls. You know, um, since you know, uh, in the two in the two thousands. What's in? The- but I I I I will definitely give that. I will definitely give you that for Jacksonville. Um, I don't know about Tampa. Tampa's interesting. Hmm. 
That'd be an interesting uh, case study on seeing a little like bit of recency bias, like you said, within like the they recently won the Super Bowl. Yeah, like they're like the percentage of attendance uh, and stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, no, that's interesting. They were, but def- yeah, Chase, Chase Field, man. What Chase Field has got to be? Is it as old as Progressive Field? Maybe a couple years after nineteen ninety eight, right? Was it ninety eight? That, that was when the Diamondbacks came to existence, I think. Oh yeah, well there you go. Because uh, I remember they had it in or 2001. Was it? No, 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 wait a minute. It was before that. It was like, hold on. The, Mar- the Marlins came in in 93, and, and the, the no, no, wait. God. I'm discombobulated here. The Marlins came in in 93. I was thinking the Diamondbacks came in with them. No, the Diamondbacks came in with the Rays in 98. Hmm. So, yes, it was 98. Well, you talk about two different ballparks in two different uh, – uh, uh, yeah, statures. one ballpark's awesome, and the other one is like the oh my god, the, the other <laughs> other than Oakland Coliseum, <laughs> the Tampa, maybe. not 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 to not to go with the whole uh, seafood uh, motif, but uh, uh, Tropicana Field, if it's still called that, it's like a can of tuna. Yeah, that's I mean sardines. Yeah, or sardines. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Chase Field would be a great great place to go. I mean, you know, you're in Arizona, so. I still haven't been to Arizona in my life. I, I need to go to Arizona. I've only been to Arizona one time. That was in 2016. Whether it be like for spring and training then, or like a spring training trip or something. And I that was not to Phoenix or to South Arizona. That was like up by Grand Canyon and Flagstaff. So I've actually not seen that part of the state down by Phoenix. I want to golf in Arizona. Oh, I've heard some of the best golf you will ever find is out in Arizona. That's got to be so neat because it's like – you, you, you're standing on the tee box. You you oh. go swing and hit the drive. Either you're in the fairway or you're in, in the, the desert. desert. Yeah, there's no rough. Yeah, and there's no <laughs> and there's no trees. It's cactus. Right. You know. Well, actually, that's pretty cool because right. I mean, unless it's like one of those big hulking saguaro cactus, you're probably going to hit it over top of it anyway. Yeah. So that would be fun for sure. But uh, boy, there's a tangent. Yeah. Well, the Guardians. I don't know if they get any off days in Phoenix, but uh, they spend yeah. they spend the entire months of February and March in Phoenix or in in Arizona. They're good. They're, yeah, they're good on Arizona. <laughs> um, are we playing the Diamondbacks out there? Yes. Okay, interesting. Anyway, so that was the week that was with the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, good vibes going their way, and uh, some more good vibes. Um, it was announced uh, today um, by Channel Three. And then the Browns subsequently, that uh, uh, WKYC sports director and Browns play-by-play radio announcer Jim Donovan has had a relapse of his leukemia. Mm. Um, so I wanted to make sure we get on here and and uh, you know, not not that Jim Donovan is listening to this, but um, make sure that we put our good vibes into into the uh, into the stratosphere for him um, as he fights this once again. Uh, our thoughts and prayers are with you, Jimmy. Uh, just the absolute great, best football play-by-play guy that there is. Nobody deserves to have to deal with an illness that could possibly kill them. No. It's not right. It's not fair. And he's fought and, it off once, so hopefully he can fight it off again. Um, but should yeah. have learned last time. It can't. You can't tackle Jim Donovan. Right. Sorry. And I'll tell you what, if, there, if there's – not that I really believe in, you know, the whole win one for the Gipper type thing, but if there's ever a chance, if there's ever a year for the Browns, the way that they're building their roster to have a magical run and to go to the Super Bowl, 
for Jim Donovan. Not only Jim Donovan, Jim Brown passed away last week. Yeah, that was a big-time story, obviously. Um, the greatest running back in the history. It, quite frankly, you know, obviously we weren't alive to see him play, but from everything that, that I've ever read and everything I've watched and, you know, learned, uh, Jim Brown was the greatest football player to ever play. Not only the greatest running back. And ESPN agreed with you because when they did their rundown of the 50 greatest athletes ever in 2000, the turn of the millennium, they had Jim Brown number four overall, and he was the top football player. And, you know, it, it was interesting, funny story about uh, about Jim Brown. Uh, I've actually met Jim Brown. Uh, we had our company annual sales meetings at a uh, airport. One of, the, one of the days was at an airport hotel. We had a... We had a dinner when everybody flew in for uh, all of our sales reps all over the country. They all flew in, and we had dinner at the hotel that night. And uh, in the lobby of the hotel, I, I like you know I walked to go to the bathroom, then go back into our uh, you know room for you know dinner and drinks or whatever. And uh, <clears throat> I walk out into the lobby, and I double taked. I'm like, I know that guy. And then uh, I walk back into the room, like you just look at him rather oddly and hope yeah, they don't well, notice yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I look again, like that's Jim Brown. He's sitting in the lobby of the hotel, playing chess with his sons. Oh my! Yeah, and apparently he did that all the time. Just loved to play chess and just sat there. So like. I went up to him. I, I didn't want to really bother him, but I, you know, went up to him and just said, uh, "Hey, uh, uh, Mr. Brown, uh, you know, just whatever. Just I don't even remember what I said. I was probably casual so banter, with, yeah. you know, a legend. And How about uh, that? and he was super nice about it, but I didn't want to bother him because obviously he was playing a game of chess and he was playing with his son. I think it was his sons. Um, but yeah, it was so cool to be able to like like be starstruck. That's like that's the greatest football player to ever live. You know, the game that we obsess our lives over for five, six months out of the year. The greatest player to ever play it was just sitting in a hotel lobby playing chess. You're not going to find that in New York or L.A. That's right. Or Miami. <laughs> nope, you find it at the Sheridan outside of uh, the Cleveland Hopkins Airport. So Been by that airport Sheridan millions of times. That was probably, Shout out, that was probably six, seven years ago, I think. 2016, boy, yeah. what a year to be alive! <laughs> what a year to be alive and, and be a Cleveland fan. Oh, but yeah. So, um, thoughts and prayers to Jim Brown's family, and then obviously, um, you know, Jim Donovan, we're with you. You're in our thoughts. Um, you know, fight this, beat this again, and then be back and and hopefully be able to call one hell of a round season. Just a little bit of on the spot trivia here. Do you? Know any of the three athletes that ESPN ranked higher than Jim Brown in 2000? In 2000? Yes. <clears throat> Walter Payton? No. Damn. Wasn't anybody in football. Oh, different sports. Yeah. Babe Ruth. All sports. Yes, Babe Ruth is number two. Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan was number one. You said there were three? Three. Oh, boy. Third one might be a little more difficult. Tiger? No, uh, I mean this was sort of before Tiger. Like, oh, that's right, two thousand. I, mean, I mean, he won the Masters right. in '97, but uh, if they had done that a few years later, maybe Tiger. You said it's not a football player. No, I named Jordan. I named Babe. It's actually Ruth. not anyone from a team sport. 
Lance Armstrong. No. <laughs> 2000. Boy, that's got to be eliminating a that lot was, of... That was during the beginning of Lance Armstrong's run before we knew what a dirtbag he was. Pete Sampras. No, that's a good thought, though. Tennis. No. Pete Sampras was at the peak of his run there then, too. I don't know. It was Muhammad Ali. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, boxing didn't even come to my mind. It should have when you said it's not a team sport. Okay. One of the most iconic things I can ever remember, like when, when Muhammad Ali passed, yeah. and he, they were going from the church to to the cemetery Yeah. at his funeral. Like, I mean, they had whoever was, you know, at the actual service, blah, blah, blah. But outside the church, there was like, not not even joking, like 10, 20,000 people just out on the streets in Louisville, Kentucky, because that's where he was from. And they literally jogged alongside the, the motorcade the whole, like, two miles or however long it was from the church to the cemetery. And you had, like, people, wow. like, you know, like, punching the air as they were running and, like, you know, people holding signs that, you know, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. It was, it was surreal watching yeah. that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So this stuff, this stuff really matters, particularly when people like this reach the end of their lives. It's just all the stories that just precipitate out, you know. Yeah. People get nostalgia and they just, you know, I I couldn't relate to this because for so long, the people who were at the end of their lives, I'd never seen them in in their prime. Now, I mean, I still at 36 still kind of am not, but. Eventually, I'm going to be at that age where it's going to be that way. It's going to be like, oh, my God, that person died? What? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I know. So. It's, uh, you know, as, as we're getting into our mid and latter 30s, which is crazy. Not spring chickens anymore. Um, you know, the mortality of the human life becomes very more real. You know, when we were younger, you know, I don't know if we really grasped like any like famous person that would pass away. We didn't really think about it. Now you think about it. Unless it was some young person that just like died in a car crash or OD'd or something. Yeah. But you know. So, but any, uh, anywho, who? Hello. That got real real quick. We're going. We're going like from <laughs> being all sappy and bubbly to to that and back and forth here. This, yeah. this is quite a show so far. <laughs> Uh, all right, so sticking with the Browns, uh, a bevy of rumors have erupted over the last 24, 48 hours. Ever since the Arizona Cardinals flat out just released DeAndre Hopkins. Why would the Cardinals do that? Well, Salary I mean, he's cap? been, he, well, he, so he's been, uh, he's been the talk of, he's been in trade talks all offseason. The the flat out just release of him is mind boggling. It wasn't even he's not even a post June first designated cut, so he, his cap number is on the Cardinals books for this year. It carried twenty two almost twenty three million dollars in dead money because they dead money. I don't know why they did that. I have no idea. I mean, obviously, we know the Cardinals are going to suck this year, whether they had DeAndre Hopkins or not. So maybe they're just like, well, what does it even matter for this year? But, um, yeah, they just flat-out released him. I, I knew that the Browns were not going to get involved if it was a trade scenario because 
the Browns just don't have a lot of assets to trade for a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. What makes it interesting now is he is literally a free agent, can talk to and can sign with literally anybody. And the longer this goes, the more, you know, when it first happened and I heard that he's still looking to get paid pretty handsomely, I thought, yeah, there's no way. There's no way. Just the Browns have too much money tied up and too many players. There's just no way. And then what came out today is this floored me. I don't know if it's going to floor you. The Browns have the second most cap space in the NFL right now. How? Well, they've done a heck of a lot of restructuring of contracts, particularly Deshaun Watson. Have they? That's the only guy. You know, but his contract's humongous and has so much guaranteed money. Well, no, I, so. maybe maybe they did do maybe they did do Amari Cooper too. I can't remember, but they haven't restructured Miles. They haven't restructured Denzel. They haven't restructured uh, Nick Chubb. They haven't restructured uh, David and Joku signed on to a long term contract last year. They haven't done anything with that, so they have the maneuverability to be able to do this if they want to. Now, Andrew Barry and company have done some very creative accounting work. Oh, guy's a wizard. They, now, they really have now. He does come from uh, Andrew Barry does come from the Philadelphia school of salary cap, in which you know it it, it turns out it's most teams' uh, mo now, which the salary cap is just basically a myth. There's so many ways to maneuver around it that it doesn't even really matter anymore. So me saying that the Browns have the second most cap space really doesn't mean anything because they can they can probably create thirty million dollars in cap space tomorrow if they wanted to. Um, so I. And then the Browns uh, Foundation charity golf outing was yesterday at Westwood Country Club. and uh, That's Rocky River, isn't it? Yes. Um, and Deshaun Watson was there, obviously, with most of the other team uh, as they're getting ready to start. Uh, well, they started today, another round of OTAs. But yesterday they were at the golf uh, outing, the Browns, Cleveland Browns Foundation golf outing, and uh, Deshaun Watson was asked about DeAndre Hopkins and he basically was like, yeah, I want DeAndre Hopkins in, on the Browns. But then he also said, that's, that's, that's kind of above my pay grade. Uh, that's an Andrew Barry type thing to figure out how to make it work. But obviously I'm really close with, uh, Hopkins and would love to have him on the Browns. So that set off, uh, on the airwaves, uh, yesterday Coach Stefanski was a little bit more measured and a little bit more tepid in his answer when he was asked by the media about it, and he basically just said, you know, we love the guys that we got, and that's pretty much that. Um, I don't really know what else Stefanski could have really said there. I mean, what's he supposed to say? Yeah, we need DeAndre Hopkins because our receivers aren't good enough. Like, what is he supposed – like, what – what and then what happens if De- they don't sign DeAndre Hopkins? He's got to look his receivers in the, in the eye and – I hate it when reporters ask questions like, oh, do you want this guy or do you want – like I, – I usually – It's almost like they're trying to stir up – Sure. These- I'm usually with you when you're talking about somebody that plays on another team because as a reporter, you understand you have to ask the question, but you know the answer going in. He can't talk about guys that are on other teams. It's tampering. Yes, that's that. a violation. They get fined. You, you're messing with the dude's money. But DeAndre Hopkins is a free agent, so they can talk about him uh, any point at any time. He's a free agent. He is not betrothed to any team. 
So it's going to be interesting. I think the longer that this goes, I think the Browns might actually be in the driver's seat. Uh, and uh, some some context clues here about it. DeAndre Hopkins, at the time of his release, did not have an agent. He has since signed with Cleveland-based Clutch Sports. And uh, the agent that he's going to be working with, I forget the guy's name, has several Browns clients. And Clutch Sports has more Browns players under their uh, agency than any other sports agency in the league. In other words, it's not Jimmy Powers. Yeah. So DeAndre Hopkins is not going to an agency that says, oh, no, you don't want to sign with the Browns. His quarterback, the one that he DeAndre Hopkins had all of his success with when he was with Houston, is plays for the Browns now. Uh, the, here are the other teams that are listed. Buffalo, Kansas City. Uh, they they really don't have the money. We say that the salary cap is a myth, but it is in place for some reason, and they really don't have the opportunity to sign him unless he was willing to take a real big Pretty cut, large which he cut. doesn't want to. Uh, he's he's made it clear in the channels that, that he does not want to do that. He still wants to get paid. Who can blame him? Um, the other two... That's a sign that the salary cap is working, by the way. If your top teams and you know, Kansas yeah. City just won the Super Bowl, Buffalo, you know, one of the top teams in the AFC, if these teams just can't add guys just for the hell of it, you know, that's yeah. what the salary cap is designed to prevent. The other two teams, one is the Browns, and the other is the New England Patriots. Hmm. But I'll give you the caveat with the Patriots and why I don't think he's going there. If he goes there, I will be shocked. Does he show up late for meetings? <laughs> No, but New England's offensive coordinator is Bill O'Brien, who was his head coach in Houston, who traded him for a second-round pick to Arizona while he was in Houston. So unless there was some major bridge mending there, I don't think he's going to be keen on signing with New England. So that being said, I don't want to get my hopes up Quite frankly, I don't know if DeAndre Hopkins is still the player he was at his peak. I don't know that the Browns really need him to be. Not really when you have Amari Cooper, David Njoku, and these you know, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones out there, too. Yeah. Um, and don't forget, they traded for Elijah Moore in the offseason. Yeah, you got him, too. Um, but I think the Browns are going to be a team that throw the ball all over the yard this year. So... Uh, the amount of weapons that you can have on offense uh, is infinite. I hope they don't throw it around all over the place. I mean, we still have Nick Chubb. Well, I think I think they might in – well, so here. Here's what uh, – here's kind of what the Browns – 2020 was the, the Browns' best year under Kevin Stefanski. Yep. The Browns' philosophy in 2020, throw for the lead – run to end the game which worked pretty darn well yeah the browns with, very rarely if ever blew a lead with a with a quarterback with a quarterback who admittedly at the time i loved but with a quarterback who has flamed out his nfl career essentially um i think we're going to see that to an nth degree this year 
I think the Browns are going to throw, 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 and are only going to run when they absolutely have to. Hmm. And I'm not sure I like that. Well, we'll see how that manifests itself. I mean, if if Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson from 2019 and 2020, you're going to love it because well, he's probably yeah. going to throw if, for 5,000 I mean, yards and 35 touchdowns. I'm on the record as saying that that Deshaun Watson's not walking through that door. But we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. I don't know. But uh, what do you what are what are your thoughts on potential DeAndre Hopkins signing? There's really no downside to it. If yeah. you got a guy who has played consistently with a guy that is quarterbacking your team and had success in their prior city, I can't see how that could possibly be a negative. Unless if the departure of one or, or both players resulted in them saying negative things in the media or there was something going on beneath the surface, which no, I don't, no, I don't no. think is going on here. No, so, they, have a, they have a great relationship. Yeah, No, I, I definitely think this is, good, is a very good move if they can pull it off. I agree. Um. I definitely agree. I think that is it a little bit surplus to requirement. Yeah, but could you know be. what you you kind of need that if you're going to be an elite team. Yeah, I mean the AFC is quite literally an arms race. When I mean, you just look at the quarterbacks in this in this conference and the weapons to go along with those quarterbacks, yeah, it's unbelievable. You can't get enough talent. You just mentioned earlier the Chiefs and and the Bills. I mean, Patrick Mahomes. Look at our own. Look at our Josh own. Allen, look at our own division. At, at Joe, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Throw him in there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't think he. This guy has anything left in the tank. But Odell Beckham signed with Baltimore, at, after uh, and Lamar Jackson resigned there. They sign those guys seem like yesterday's news at this point, but yeah, I mean, I I would caution anybody who thinks that Baltimore is you know over the hill. They're kind of like Pittsburgh. You think that they're not looking good, but do they ever like ever go below five hundred? It doesn't seem like if it. If Pittsburgh doesn't <laughs> suck this year, they're literally never going to suck. Well, they're, I mean, they, they are literal last year. They are like, literal cockroaches. And they started what two and five, and we the were like, Steelers? "Yes, finally, the Steelers stink." And then second half of the year, they go on like what four game winning streak, and they they come back. If and they the Steelers the don't suck this year, I will be convinced that they are made up of cockroaches and Twinkies, which are the only two things that will survive a nuclear blast. They won't die. Stupid quarterback with his tiny ass hands. The Burger King commercial. That's 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 Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. Oh God. Oh boy. <laughs> Steve's got the hiccups. Everybody. Anyway. I mean, his last name was Pickett. You're gonna pick it off a of Pickett. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hopefully, we do that a bunch of times this year. Yep. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think there's any downside to it. Um, the Browns are basically in an all-in mode right now anyway. So opportunities like this to sign players and not have to trade for them don't come around very often. So if you have the ability to do it, do it. Right. That's my stance. Do it. Um. And if it's all smoke and he's using the Browns as leverage for a deal somewhere else, fine. Then don't do it. I think the Browns receiving core is going to be much improved over last year anyway. So 
it's there there's no risk and there's no there's no lose lose. If he doesn't sign with with the Browns, I don't think he's gonna sign in the division, so you're fine there. And if he doesn't sign with the Browns, he doesn't sign with the Browns. You know, it would be a different story if we didn't have guys like Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore and Donovan Peoples Jones. You know, then you'd be a little bit more desperate. The Browns don't have to be desperate. Right. So and you're going to have, though, based on the way the last couple seasons have gone, you're going to have some games where you're going to have, particularly early on, where you're going to have to score in the 30s to win. Yeah. You know, the defense, it's shown, the defense doesn't hit its stride so much until you get two-thirds of the way through the season, it seems. Now, hopefully this year, this will be different. But yep. you know. added, added talent on that side of the ball, plus new defensive coordinator, new defensive scheme. Um Hopefully, we'll be better. I mean, so. my gosh, that stretch in late October and into November last year, where they were, it seemed like they were giving up forty plus points every week. It was terrible. Oh, you mean they played when, Buffalo and Miami and? Uh, or how about how about the game in Atlanta where the Falcons in the second half ran the ball fifteen straight times in two drives and scored two touchdowns? <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> Felt like I was watching Bowling Green play against Wisconsin or one of those you know Oy. beefy Big Ten teams. You know, run, 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 beefy. run, run, touchdown. oh god yeah so we'll see what happens uh browns have otas this week and then uh i think in the middle of june they have mandatory mini camp and then they are off until training camp so we'll we'll see what happens uh on the deandre hopkins front i don't know that anything is imminent either way i think you know could have just an understanding and, you know, maybe they don't officially make the signing if they're going to do it until closer to training camp. But, uh, you know, hopefully it happens. It would be great. So, anyway. Uh, yeah. The So, just two other things to consider here as we ra- get toward wrapping up the show here. We are now on the precipice of the final of both the National Hockey League and the National Basketball Association. The NBA Finals start, I believe, tomorrow, tomorrow, and the Stanley Cup Finals start on Saturday. I do want to talk a little bit about the Stanley Cup Finals first. This one is like— Is anybody going to watch this? Almost David versus Goliath when you look at the seedings, but you know it's going to be like that in the NBA, too. You've got the Florida Panthers, who were the eighth seed in the East, and they managed to just pretty much—other than the first round where they struggled a little bit against Boston, and Boston was amazing this year. Like, mm-hmm. Boston should have beaten them easily. It took them seven games to win that. The Panthers have only lost one game since then. Yeah. Lose, dropping one to Toronto and not dropping any against the Hurricanes. Meanwhile, on the other side of the bracket, it's the top seed, the Vegas Golden Knights, who you know, took out Winnipeg easily, then beat Edmonton, and then beat Dallas. You know, they dropped a few more games along the way, but uh, Mr. Boobles, Kerry Boobles' men, they are absolutely – in this thing to win it, and I think they're perfectly positioned to do so, despite the fact that Florida seems to be on a totally big run right now. Yeah. I don't know what can I say. I'm still a, a, a victim of seeding. I just if we talk about NBA too, I. Well, I think you might finally actually be right. It took you to the finals in both leagues, but I think you might actually be right here. It's just so hard for me to see an eight seed. I don't one. know. I I mean I don't I don't <laughs> it's know. So hard to please. I don't know I'm, about the NHL. I, I the NHL. I mean, listen. What what do people always say about uh, playoff hockey? You get the hot goaltender, you can beat anybody. 
And right now, goalie Bob for Florida, the Florida Panthers, the former Columbus Blue Jackets, Sergei Bobrovsky, is hotter than everybody and, and anybody. So, I don't, I don't uh, discount the chances of the Florida Panthers at all. I don't know that much about hockey, uh, NHL hockey. So, I, I, you know, that's basically about as as uh, scientific of a take as you're going to get from me, yeah. or on the matter, but. You never, you never bet against a hot goal uh, goaltender. My my take's going to be even less scientific, um, and it's going to come courtesy of a Vegas Golden Knights super fan, and one of the people that I watch very closely on TV. Um, Florida Panthers have won the first three rounds. John Taffer's going to say, "Shut it down." <laughs> Vegas is going to take this thing. Yeah. But anyway, going to NBA. Well, you're right. You're you're going to be right on on the NBA. I I I the Heat's fairy tale run, I think is about to be it, over. Maybe this is this is a wrong take, but I think the fact that Miami jumped out so easily in game 7 was largely because of Jason Tatum's injury. I I think that just totally swung that game right at the very beginning. And just put, uh, look, put Boston on a very negative trajectory right off the, the get-go, and they couldn't fight back out of it. But, well, look, uh, you know, I'm not singing songs of sorrow for the Boston Celtics, all right? They put themselves in an 0-3 hole. 0-3 hole. And yep. also, it's the Boston Celtics, so go screw yourselves. <laughs> Friggin' Boston. You have no idea how much I was loving the fact that they blew, they, they, they came all the way back Tied the series three three and then blew and game then seven. Lost at game home. seven. That that's almost incomprehensible. At home, how could you? What? No, they went five and six in the, in the playoffs at home this year. Five and seven, actually. It's incredible that they made it as far as they did, playing that poorly. On yeah, the I mean they floor. were they were equally as good. You would have thought on they the would have been out in the first round. Yeah, you know. Yeah. In either case, the Denver Nuggets, who the rich and creamy ma- Nuggets. Many um, reporters around the NBA have basically said that they're just not an interesting team to to watch or not an interesting BS, team to write about. Please. If it was the exact you know, same team, but it was in New York or L.A., com- they'd be frothing at the mouth. I didn't know that so much of the sports media actually hated Denver as much as they apparently do. I What's wrong with Denver? Like it, Sports media sucks nowadays. I mean, I get that it's like, Late May, June, it's not ski season anymore. So I mean, I guess that sucks. But like, I've never been. If it's to Denver, not, if it's if but, it's if it's not a great weather city, which I'm sure the weather in Denver right now is is perfectly fine. I mean, yeah, their or, weather's probably not the same as what. Or ours if it's is. a huge ass media conglomerate city, uh, the national media doesn't care about your team, even though the Denver Nuggets have been one of the most fun teams to watch all season. What's this nonsense about, oh, you know, them not – like, literally, this is probably going to be one of the, the worst uh, worst NBA finals from a TV rating standpoint, probably. But – You say that because of market size of the participants? Well, I mean, it's an – yeah. I mean, well, it's an eight-seed Miami Heat team against – I mean, that is a pretty big story, actually. I mean, you don't see – It's a big see, story, but – You don't but, see eight seeds hardly big, ever. Listen, it's it's been a big story, 25 nobody, years. Nobody cares. 25 years since we've seen an eight It doesn't seed. matter. Nobody cares. <laughs> Miami and Denver in the NBA Finals, I, nobody's going to watch that. 
I'll watch it. My bigger question is, for betting purposes, who – I think we're both in agreement who's going to win the series. Yeah. How many games is it going to take? I don't think Miami gets a game. You think it's a sweep? I think it's a sweep. Oh, boy. I think they'll get to the sweep. <laughs> Jeez. This is like – this is like – uh this is like Spurs Cavs from 07 all over again. <laughs> wow. I think the Heat have they've had a, a heck of a run, but it's here it, actually they're, they're gonna hit an avalanche now and they're gonna get clobbered. I think Miami gets one, and I think it's tomorrow night. Game one. Denver has been off for like what, ten days now? Yeah. And Miami is they're I I'm sure they're tired, they're exhausted. But they're they still get what three days in between. Yeah, so, I mean that's, that's plenty. They're still in rhythm. I think Denver's going to come out in Game One completely flat. Now they still might win, but I'm saying I'm actually think I'm going to pick Miami to win Game One. Mm. You know, what'd be really interesting is if you can pick uh, if you pick who wins the series. I wonder what the odds are if you pick who wins the series and how many games, and then you pick like okay, so I'm going to pick Denver in five. And I'm going to parlay that with the game I think Miami's going to win. Ooh. What the odds were with that? Like if I like if I could get my if I could get Denver in five with Miami winning game one, what kind of mm. I wonder what kind of odds you can get on that? Well, I mean, just by conditional probability, if you just assumed it was fifty fifty on each, I mean that'd be twelve. So that'd be three point one two percent chance uh, of you predicting that all the way correct. Now. You could attribute maybe it won't be quite that lopsided if, because Denver would be predicted to be the better team, but yeah, it would be a less than certainly less than ten percent odds of that. So you'd figure that that would have to be priced at least plus one thousand, maybe plus fifteen hundred. Yeah, I would think. Not a hardcore handicapper, but I do know some probability and statistics, so. I figure if they're getting if they're not giving you odds of at least plus thousand on that, it's not worth playing a bet. Uh let's see. Uh trying to see if I can find that anywhere. I'm, get, I'm getting ready on this sports betting stuff. I'm not I'm not getting into it before football season, but uh Right now the Nuggets are minus four twenty five to win the series. The Heat are plus three twenty. Yeah, so they're probably thinking five-game series, too, then, with those odds. Um, it's pretty lopsided. They don't have Plot anything. Minus 425. They don't have anything else. I wish they I, – I, I just probably don't don't know where to look for it. but Maybe it's something you'd have to bet, like, individually in each game. Yeah. Like, they don't put up the odds for game two until game one is over and, you know, so on. Right. Uh. Anyway, uh, we are running late on this episode, but uh, real quick, we wanted to do a top five uh, last week, but we didn't do it. Um, top five draft. Yes. It's it's Memorial Day, or it was Memorial Day, and uh, it's it's getting into warm weather season, and that means we will be outside cooking on our grills. So we're going to bring back. From last year, the top five cookout foods of 2023. All right. Wish I had some production. I could hit like a uh, like a game show sounder or something. 
So, so it's top five cookout or grill foods. Is that what we're doing here? Cookout foods. All so, right, cookout foods. All righty. Yes. Who's going first? You can go first. Okay, well, I'm just going to go straight for the jugular raw off the bat. I got to have burgers. Okay. I got I got to have burgers. I and mine. If I'm really going big, I'm getting it with American cheese, lettuce, and bacon. That's my number one. If you're going big, you put two things on it. Yeah. That, those are my three things I, I have on a burger. Every time. If you're going big. The guy doesn't even have a sauce on his burger. No, never. <laughs> never, ever. <laughs> going big. Absolutely not. Oh, all right. Well, here's my number one. Here's my number one. And uh, I wonder if this is going to steal from your list. What is better at a cookout than a nice, cold, heaping slice of watermelon? Mmm. Yes. Juicy. <laughs> Watermelon's pretty great. That is it. That's the number one for me. Okay. Watermelon. Seedless, by the way. The... I don't need any of those black seeds. Are we snaking this thing, or do I get to go again next? No, just you, you can go ahead. Okay. So since I went with burgers and you went with watermelon, I'm going to go with potato chips as my second. Okay. Be a little more specific. Uh, well, okay. If I'm being more specific, i got to have the wavy ruffled lays. Those are my number one potato chip. So, so Steve, so, <laughs> so Steve's top two draft picks, a plain-ass burger and plain chips. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I'm only doing this because I, I know that people people out here listening who don't know your your eating habits are probably like what the hell Hit me up at Stiffs McGee on Twitter if you think this oh, is crazy. Yikes, 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 yikes. Uh, oh, boy. All right, pick number two for me. I'm just going off the top of my head here. I'm going to go with a nice piece of – now, you can cook this many different ways. You could grill it. You could boil it. Uh, actually, those might be the only two ways. <laughs> yeah, those are the only two ways. Okay. Corn on the cob. Oh, yeah. Give me a corn on the cob on a warm cookout on a Saturday, Sunday, and I am golden. All righty. Dan is packing on the fruits and the veggies so far. He's making good choices too. That's, you know, he's, he's, he's going after my side dishes, you know? So I guess I might as well just go more main course with my third choice. Um, oh, you've got me a little frazzled now. Yeah. This one, this one, you got to have the right seasoning for it. Okay. And you got to make sure wow. it's like properly marinated and it's got wow. the right spices and everything. 
you know, maybe a little wow. garlic powder. Wow, maybe we're talking a little bit of we're talking you know, marination and spices. Yep. Wow. Chicken drumsticks. Oh, yep. That was going to be my next pick. Oh, dang. All right. That was going to be my next pick. Yeah, All right. I love me some grilled chicken drumsticks. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Perfect good. finger food. Love it. Very, very good. Uh, for me, number three, I'm going to go with ribs. Ribs. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. <laughs> another another thing that you could cook multiple ways. I... I uh, I like the smoked variety, so I will smoke my uh, my ribs, and uh, they are fantastic. Now, I will be like you. Do not put sauce on my ribs. Mmm. Mm. You put a nice, you marinate them, you put a nice rub on it. That's all you really need. I don't need sauce on my ribs. Mm. <sighs> now, now, I mean, you could, you could... Uh, with a you could brush some sauce on and then put it back on the grill to tack it up, but I don't need my ribs to be like dripping in sauce. Yeah, that's what I mean by that. You could put a little like homemade sauce on there and then tack it up and caramelize it on the ribs. Oh my god, it's ten thirty on a Wednesday and I am starving. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, ribs. It's a good thing we didn't do this episode early during the dinner hour. That would have not been ideal. Yeah. Right. Okay, so I've got two proteins and I've got potato chips on my plate, so I, I kind of need to go lighter on this next pick. And you've already taken watermelon and corn on the cob off the board, so I'm going to go with my what I would call my number two fruit in this situation. I'm going to go with some freshly cut, freshly cut cantaloupe. Mm, yeah, cantaloupe is cantaloupe good. Cantaloupe or maybe even honeydew melon because it's basically the same thing. One's yeah. green and one's orange. But, uh, yeah, i got to have that. I I'm with you there. I can I could definitely smash some cantaloupe for very, sure. Very juicy. Uh, number four for me. You took burgers, and if I had the opportunity to have burgers, I would lump these two together. But you didn't, so I'm going to take the advantage of taking this. Okay. There is nothing, not much is better than a grilled hot dog. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. much is better. Love a hot dog charred up, a little charred, not too charred, a little charred up on the grill. Absolutely. And you could do that. You can make that into a chili dog. You could just do ketchup and mustard. You can do onions, relish, uh, and stadium mustard, just stadium mustard. Tons of different ways you can do it. And I'll I'll eat them anyway. So, yeah. Hot dogs. Or you could be like Steve and just eat it plain. Hot dogs are a condiment lover's dream. Basically, you, you can except go for, any number of ways. Except for you. Except for me, yeah. Well, you know, Lou Dogs, best buns west of Madrid. Hell baby. yeah, shout out. <laughs> Lou Dogs, I mean, never, still never been. I need to go there. So, 38th Street and Pleasure Avenue, Seattle City, New Jersey. When I do Seattle City later this year, we'll uh, we'll talk about that. That's right. Better know a neighborhood. Hashtag uh, Lou Dogs. So, we're down to the last round now, fifth round, and I need a dessert on my plate. Ooh. Oh, oh so that gives me a good idea. There's two real possibilities. Actually, there's a third possibility. Eh, you know, it's just between two, really. And I really I'm, take mine. I'm going to go with a decadent, sweet, sugary chocolate brownie. Okay. Okay. Didn't take mine. That is my choice. Brownies, baby. Baby. All right. To round it out, you got me, on the, you got me thinking desserts. 
I'm going to go with a nice bowl of dirt. Dirt. You know what dirt is? That's the chocolate um, chip cookies that are like, no, no. The Oreos. No, the Oreos that are ground up with yep. the whipped cream, chocolate whipped cream pudding, pudding, vanilla pudding. Yes. yes. You, could even, you could even, if you wanted to, at the bottom, put some angel food cake to start it off with. And sometimes there's like gummy worms and stuff yes. in there too. Yes. Yep. Gummy worms. Yep. Mm-hmm. To really get the dirt vibe going, that is my that that my that's like my favorite dessert of all time. You gotta get growing up. My mom used to make that all the time, and it was the best. You gotta get dirty. Okay, now you just made it weird. <laughs> Way to go. So I guess rate these. If you hit us up on Twitter, who yeah, we'll the, to, who has the we'll better plate these. here? So I had burgers, potato <laughs> chips, chicken drumsticks, cantaloupe, and brownie. Dan had. Watermelon, corn on the cob, ribs, hot dog, and dirt. That's right. I think we did a heck of a good job here. Both of those plates sound Yeah, amazing. that was good. I, I want to go back to last year and see what we, we picked last year, I, see if there's any, yeah, anything similar. I, mean, I don't think I'm going to be able to recall it right away, unfortunately, but yeah. We'll post it on look, Twitter. Yep. And we'll, uh, we'll post a poll who had the better, and we'll see the results of that poll. So anyway, uh, that's going to uh, – you know, tie a bow on this episode, episode 259 of Living Off the Land. We appreciate you guys listening. If you're still listening an hour and 15 minutes in, we love you. Thank you. Uh, you can follow us on social media. At Stiffs McGee. And at Daniel J. Ford. You can follow the show at the LOTL Podcast. And we will be back next week, episode 260. May or may not have a special guest on that episode. You'll just have to wait and see. Mm. So for Steven... I'm Dan. You've been listening to Living Off the Land, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.